live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Sunday, April 3rd. I am Josh Engelman. We're mixing it up a little bit for today. I am joined by Rinpak. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, it's a uh, very uh, interesting night to see the, one of the biggest games in like sports history last night, Duke UNC, and then we got to come back to the association. Tough to just like watching that game just as a sports fan was fun to witness. I know you did have a rooting interest on one side or the other, but uh, now here we are to talk about this wacky uh, eight-game NBA slate with uh, teams that are tanking uh, in the middle of the game, uh, before the game, and after the game. Do you like the end of the regular season from a DFS perspective? Yeah, I'm pretty selfish. Uh, yeah, I enjoy it because, because I play like – the G League slates. Oh, sorry. The not G League slates. The uh, summer league slates. The preseason. So I have a decent idea of who like the 14, 15 guys can be on the roster. And not to say I'm trying to expose models that are public, but you can a little bit to the point where it should give you nice uh, benefit uh, down the stretch when models nowadays are so concentrated among the same players, but rightfully so. And just a little difference here and there you make a big difference in how you end up uh, night to night. So I personally don't mind it. It's not that much more work for me uh, compared to the regular season, but I do understand if the cow, it's an awful casual player experience and it's like an awful, it's not fun. Like the other day I was pretty heavy on Cade Cunningham. I like got burnt. I mean, I thought he's going back to Oklahoma. He might play a little bit more. Nah, they're like, we got to tank this game too. I was like, oh, and they couldn't tank properly. Killian Hayes yeah. is like, I'm, I'm pretty good. So he like ended up winning the game, but things like that will happen uh, quite a bit down the stretch. And I'm, I'm okay to embrace that uh, down the stretch. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting and awful to watch and like not fun to track, but it is certainly uh, a better, exp- I don't know, maybe not better experience, but just from a DFS perspective, if you're paying attention and you're doing the work on these days, you're just going to be better off than a random Tuesday in the middle of the season when everybody's sort of dialed into the same rotations and the same info. There's more edge here, for sure. It's just gross. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's gross. And uh, it's like, I'd rather do this than play uh, a random other sports slate. I would rather do this yeah. than play NASCAR or something. Now, nothing against NASCAR DFS. I'm sure we have a great product, but... Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, this is a little bit more fun. All right, guys, before we get started, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live and give a shout out to Yahoo for being the presenting sponsor. We will talk about them in a little bit, but we've got eight games. This is a pretty full slate. We even have a couple early games that, well, you and I aren't touching on, but we have eight games that we need to talk about here. So I'm ready to dive in if you are. Let's do it. First game up on the docket. Philadelphia 76ers, four and a half point favorites in Cleveland, 224 total. And at least for this one, it's starting off pretty normal. Philly, for all intents and purposes, wants to win this game. We can talk about teams trying to jockey for seeding. That seems way too complicated right now. So Philly's got everybody healthy, nobody on the injury report, nobody that we really need to worry about on that side. Cleveland, no Evan Mobley, which we've known. No Jared Allen, which we've known. The only thing that's up in the air here is, I guess, Rondo is questionable. We'll see if he's actually coming back. But this one should be, of all the games that we've got, this one should be one of the easier ones for us to talk about. How are you feeling about the Philly side of this one? I think uh, Harden and Embiid probably stand out first and foremost. Yeah, for me, uh, it's been the Philly side of things, Harden and Embiid for a minute. 
And uh, we've seen Tobias Harris have a renaissance in terms of fantasy uh, perspective a little bit. Seen him crack over 30 fantasy points uh, over the uh, last couple of games. But like you said, this Philly team in terms of standings, another thing that I take into account, it's always hard to quantify this, but looking at standings, what teams are playing for, Philly still has a shot at the one seed. Uh, so, and Cleveland's not trying to fall way too far back. I think they'll probably end up at seven, most likely, but there was a chance they could fall to eight if the Nets kept winning out and they lost out as of yesterday, but the Nets losing uh, did end those chances, I believe. But in terms of uh, that... Per basketball reference, Cleveland has a 10% chance at the six, 46% chance at the seven, and 23 at the eight. Oh, wow. A little bit more higher uh, at the eight than I thought. So... Uh, they're play, they're still playing for something as well. So yeah. for me on the Philly side of things, I've not had much interest in Maxi and Harris uh, for a little bit. I like a Harden and Embiid just because of the upside and the sh- uh, like that they bring to the table. And you, you just want to Harden can break out for 60 plus. He, he has that in his bag. He's going to be, I think, a little bit lower owned than uh, people expect by the time the slate comes around. So I like him. And then Embiid has just been rolling on all cylinders all season long. So I don't really have much interest in anyone else. I can't fault you if you want to play a $6,200 maxi on DK where you get the three-point bonus. $5,300 on FanDuel makes a lot more sense if you were to play maxi there. But Harden, sub-10K on FanDuel looks pretty outstanding to me over there. Embiid uh, looks outstanding across the board. I mean, if you were to start a lineup with Embiid, I wouldn't really fault you, but uh that's kind of it those two guys and maxi uh i mean i haven't had much interest in harris i know he's been playing well but i'll be shy away yeah i think harden and Embiid are very clearly outpacing everything else here for philly and Ma- you mentioned the maxi price on Fanduel, 5300 for a guy that's going to play that many minutes like every once in a while he's just going to fall into a score that's going to work for you um so i do like that price tag there harris is well he's tobias harris now that's i'm that's one of the biggest stories of the summer that I'm looking forward to. What is Daryl Morey going to turn Tobias Harris into? He's going to turn him into something. He has to, right? Yeah. He's a magician. So like, it, it's going to be something that we don't see coming, but yeah. I don't expect Tobias Harris to be on Philly next year, unless Philly wins the title. For sure. And it might. Uh, yeah. I think if Philly doesn't win the title, if they lose in the first round, I, Doc Rivers has to go. He has to go. This guy like, is just, I, I, I'm sure he was a, uh, Named top 25 NBA coaches, which blew my mind. I didn't know that. And I just always thought he's very overrated uh, as a head coach. But he has to go. He threw James Harden under the bus again uh, post-game against uh, under Detroit. Yeah, James was just doing too much. I was like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, Daryl Morey will pull something off. And what they do, I know for a long time people were speculating Brad Beal might be able to do it. Uh, I mean, that'd be awesome if they get Bradley Beal. Uh, it'd be pretty amazing. It wouldn't shock me if it's like someone like out of the blue. Like sure. uh, maybe it's they get Buddy Heald or someone. Who knows? I yeah. have no idea. It'd be a good, be a good fit, at least for the team. I mean, whatever Harris is doing isn't the answer. So uh, anybody elder than Tobias Harris is probably going to be an improvement. Agreed. Courtney Lamar with the big super chat. Special thanks to you guys last night. Took down my first GPP for more than 10K. You guys are the GOATs. Congratulations. That's awesome. I, I know what that feeling feels like. And uh, it's, it's great. And it, I promise you this, it doesn't dissipate. Uh, every win feels awesome. I completely agree. But the first one's always a very special one uh, it is. Of, of that magnitude, that f- first five figure win. 
is uh, you'll hold that dearly. Um, I know in life, losses always loom uh, larger than gains, but that first five-figure one is uh, pretty awesome to look at. So congrats again there, Courtney. On to Cleveland. We don't have the normal big men. No Mobley. No Allen, which means this defense that has been really good, not sort of the same thing when it's Moses Brown, potentially Ed Davis, Kevin Love, Roman the Paint. It's just not going to be the same sort of output. So be aware, this is a very different matchup for Philly than if their normal starting centers are in. Garland getting a little bit of love on FanDuel, 24% owned. He's $1,000 cheaper there. Uh, Lavert and Markinen are both in double digits in ownership on FanDuel as well. I like one of those guys more than the others. But on DK, no one owned more than 8.5%. That would be Moses Brown at 4,500. How do you see Cleveland shaping up in this spot? I think the ownership's appropriate, but uh, in terms of just like seeing some tournament winning upside, yeah, Moses Brown's been playing well. I expect him to just try to handle Embiid as much as he can. I mean, Embiid's going to eat him up all game long. Moses Brown's a stick uh, compared to Joel Embiid. <laughs> but I think I don't mind if you were to fall on, let's say, a Karis LeVert. He has upside within him at 6,500. I know his price has gone up quite a bit, and he's uh, priced only $5,400 on FanDuel, which is yeah. fantastic, I think. And as is Garland, Cleveland guy is much more favorable on FanDuel. Market and Garland and LeVert look really nice there. I, I, I You can go to a Moses Brown 4,900. But if I, I mean, if you were to tell me on DraftKings you weren't going to play a Cavalier in, I don't know, your first five lineups, I wouldn't fault you. There's no one that really sticks out. I mean, we've seen Garland do it over and over again of late, but. I think Garland's fine to fall on in long shot tournaments. No issues there, but tough to go to them at these prices. Uh, if you were to tell me at the end of the night, someone pops off. Yeah, but I can't tell you in confidence at these prices that I, I think I'd be willing to look later on in the slate. Yeah, I think these guys are a lot easier to get to on, on the FanDuel side, which has been a uh, commonplace as of late. I feel like I've been shouting out FanDuel salaries that are $1,000 off from DraftKings over and over again over the past week or so. Levert, great example, $1,100 cheaper. Garland, $1,000 cheaper. Markin, $800 cheaper. They're just going to be a lot easier to get to on FanDuel. But Garland and Levert are the guys that stand out. And I don't think either one of them look as good as Embiid or Harden on the opposite side either if we're just looking for context. Oh, for sure. Harden and Embiid, I think, kind of laps ahead for me uh, compared to any of these Cavs guys. Anything else for Cleveland? Uh, no, not really. To New York we go. This one's going to look a little bit different. The Knicks are five-point favorites in Orlando, 214 total. But the biggest piece of information that we have coming out of this Knicks game is that there is no Julius Randle any longer. He is going to be done for the rest of the season. Q-tag on Quentin Grimes, Q-tag on Miles McBride, at least on the surface, probably doesn't matter right now. Still no Rose, still no Walker. So the question is, how much R.J. Barrett do you want to get to? Because he stands out quite a bit when Julius Randle isn't on the floor. Yeah, I like R.J. Barrett quite a bit against Orlando. It makes a lot. I like him a lot. Uh, another question. Do you think Julius Randle has played his last game as a New York Nick? No. Okay. Right. I don't know what they trade him for. Yeah, that's the tough part. Like, who wants Julius Randle, right? Like, on their team. Not on that contract. Exactly. But he kind of, uh, I think the fan, I mean, it's New York. You, you can get uh, people will sour on you quick. I like RJ Barrett and I have no issues if you want to play Obi Top and he might be my sec- a second favorite Nick and he looks really, really nice 
on FanDuel at $4,400. I think he looks awesome. And I don't mind if you want to get above on that ownership. But so if I were to honestly roster one Nick, I do prefer Toppin to Barrett just because I I think it's an Orlando team. And if I were to speculate a blowout, I think Toppin just is out there and we might not see Barrett as long as Toppin. So I, it's an Orlando team that is tanking honestly after the first quarter is kind of bizarre what they're pulling off, but I have no issues if you want to go there and other random guys on this team, if you want to take some flyers on, it's not that exciting. I mean, if you play a Mitchell Robinson, sure. He could get, he can do his damage uh, quickly, but it might be just Toppin, Barrett, and then uh, maybe a quickly on DraftKings. It's not that appealing uh, on the Knicks side of things, honestly. No, it's really not. Um, obviously, Toppin looks great stepping into, you know, 30-plus minutes probably into, into Randall's spot. Um, yeah, I don't – if Toppin wasn't so old, I bet they'd be a lot happier with, like, just turning over Randall into Toppin, but – you know, Toppin's 24. He's only three years younger than Julius Randle, which is nuts to think Julius about. Julius Randle has been in the league forever, too. Yeah. It's I think Julius Randle, this is his – maybe he'll be his eighth or ninth year next season, I'm assuming. He, he was a rookie in 2014-15, but obviously he only played like a quarter before he broke his leg. Yeah. One game, first game. Oh, first game, okay. Yeah. He broke that leg, and then it just never worked out in L.A. Uh, just like – it's just bad coaching. All things put together. It never just worked out. He did show some flashes in New Orleans. I think that yeah. really helped him. Uh, but yeah, the Knicks renaissance last year. I mean, he'll, I don't think, I think that will be the peak Julius Randle will see. I don't think we'll ever see that again. No, uh, neither do I. Not even close. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know who they would trade him for. It's just so much salary. I don't know who's looking for a like non defensive, can't shoot all that great four that just had a terrible season for the Knicks and yes. hasn't started their extension yet. I don't know. Somebody, I mean, there's always an idiot out there somewhere. So yeah. I guess he, they already have him. He's on the Knicks. I mean, with his CIA or CAA ties and New, like Kentucky ties and stuff, I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. What's the, they have uh what obviously Leon Rose. Yeah. I, I don't know how much cap space they have coming up. They also paid Fournier a metric fuck ton of money. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, uh, I have no idea what they're going to do next. Looks, I honestly think Barrett has turned out pretty good. Uh, yeah. I, I think they should be pretty happy with Barrett and what he's done. I think this jump was pretty impressive by RJ Barrett. I don't know. This yeah. next the Knicks, I think the NBA is a better place when the Knicks are good. Uh, I think it was uh, pretty exciting that they were in the playoffs last year, but they needed to do something else. Someone needs to go to the Knicks, like someone of relevance. I, I just can't imagine why anybody would want to. I wouldn't want to go play for Tibbs or play for. That's a good point. Dolan yeah. Or, I like, wonder what like these players like think of Tibbs, like in their group chats, like they think Tibbs is like an awful person or I have no idea. I can't. I mean, I can't imagine they like want to play for him in modern basketball. Yeah. That's a good point. I wonder who's uh, like, who are the coaches that players want to play for? Like there are people like that want to play with other players, but I don't think coaches hold that much weight uh, anymore. Uh, like I want to play for this coach or I mean there's there's the guys that you know are just going to be good the the pops the spolsters where people are just going like yeah that that's just going to work out and then it's probably like I'm sure people want to play for Nash 
because he's Steve Nash and they watched him play and, you know, he had a fun style. So like, it's either former player that's fun or just established name where it's like, okay, that, that guy just breeds winning. Yeah. There, yeah. The thing, there was so much coaching turnover. There's not that many people who have been around for that long. Uh, no. It's just like, I think pop and Spolster are the two longest tenure head coaches. And then Kerr I don't know who's the, been there for a while. Yeah. So there's not that many uh, like tenured coaches. Um, Mike Malone has been in Denver for a while at this point now in comparison to the rest of the league, but I think it's Kerr, Spolstra, and obviously Pop has been there longer than anybody. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like so small. It's like four out of the th- four teams. Yeah, I, I guess uh, Utah coach has been there for a bit now. Quinn Snyder. Quinn yeah. Snyder. Oh, God, I, I couldn't get to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking past the names. That's about it. Everything else is pretty quick turnover. Who looks worse, Orlando or Cleveland? Because <laughs> I don't or, see Orlando or, looking all that great today. Orlando, I mean, I, I can't go to Orlando. They're literally tanking in the middle of the game. I mean, yeah, I can't go to them with any sort of confidence. I've been honestly, the last couple of games, I've removed them from like the slate. Like, I don't want to touch you. Uh, and if it burns me, so be it. I just go in knowing like if Iggy Brasdakis lights up for 40, okay. I mean, I just hope he's not owned enough. Cole Anthony questionable, Franz Wagner questionable, Admiral Schofield questionable, Suggs and Carter both out. Um, I mean, assuming all the questionable tag guys play, like, I don't have a ton of interest in anything here outside of like, maybe RJ Hampton because he's 3,600. But this is just – it's not good. Yeah, now if the questionable guys are out, let's say uh, I, I think we should look at that. Uh, and it's still gross. I mean, yeah. I think maybe Markel Foltz plays a little bit more, to, but – that's still $4,600 Mark Health Folds. Yeah. I mean, they still um, have 11 bodies if all the questionable tag guys are out. So Yeah, and they they also have signed the guy Devin uh, Kennedy, I think. Yeah. He came back from a gruesome leg injury last year. He, like, yeah. I thought his career was a wrap the way he got hurt last year, but he's back. Jeff Dowden is there, too. So a bunch of creative player names around, so I, I just stay away. I don't know how you could say the players don't respect Nash. That's like just unquestionably not a true statement. Oh, I mean, I think the players, I think like Kyrie Irving fired a good coach and Kenny Atkinson to get Steve Nash in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted, they, those players wanted Steve Nash to be the coach. He wasn't even on the radar for anything. No one saw that hiring coming. No way. Not even him. (laughs) No. Yeah. So he was a, he was a consultant for the Warriors doing a nice job, living a good life. And now He's just hugging KD each time he drops 55 and they lose. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they, I don't think that Kevin Durant and uh, Kyrie Irving have a single issue with Steve Nash being the coach of the Nets. James Harden might, but he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's not there anymore. I, that's so crazy to me. Uh, I guess like Harden style, but it blew my mind that Harden just wanted to leave like that team. I just was like shocked. And I, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but like shit. I mean, I think it. I think it's this simple. If there's no COVID, James Harden is still a net. I think that's a great point. I think, yeah, he just like didn't like the inconsistent of no chemistry. But damn, like, why? like if I'm Harden, I think it's pretty reasonable to think like this guy's going to screw up my chances of winning an NBA title, and I didn't know that coming in. That's a good point. I don't think that's crazy. No, I, yeah, it's a good point. I just think. I would just bet on the talent to get me there by yeah, like yeah. when it's all said and done. I mean, I'm not in his shoes, but it's James Hardy. 
He can do whatever he wants. Now, if you know you can leave, then you might as well leave. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, you don't have a ton of freedom, but like he does. I guess if I, I, he's not leaving Darren Moore, I was like, if things don't work out in Philly, does he leave this year? That'd be just like, no, no. Embiid would have to tell him he wants out to bail on Harden. James Harden, you're fascinating. You know what else is fascinating? The schedule for the rest of today. 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, NASCAR live before lock. So uh, I guess you're not going to be watching that one, Ryan. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, I think everyone should, in chat should be watching that. I think it's, uh, yes. it's, a great, it's a great show for those who enjoy NASCAR DFS. Uh, use the top driver's tool. I've used it once or twice. It's worked out all right. So uh, no, I'll be, I won't be watching the show, but I think everyone else should be. Totally agree. NBA Deeper Dive coming up at 5 p.m. NBA Live before lock at 6. Actually, is that right? Is it 4 and 5? Do I have those times wrong? Lock's at 6 tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's 4. NBA Deeper Dive at 4. Live before lock at 5. Apologies, everybody. Don't listen to the first thing I said. Don't listen to most things that I say, if we're being totally honest. But let's get into game number three now. Minnesota Timberwolves. This is the first of... Three games that tip off at 7 o'clock with 12-point or higher spread, so that should be real fun to deal with. Minnesota Timberwolves are 12.5-point favorites in Houston. 243 total. We're talking about two of the fastest teams in the league, one of the worst defenses in the league for sure. And on the Minnesota side, everybody's just available, including Malik Beasley with a Q tag now, so he may be back. McKinley Wright is off the injury report. I don't know if that matters at all. doesn't seem like it would. But who knows? On Houston, everybody that's normally available is no Gordon, no Wood, no Schroeder, but Shingun is in. So we'll start on the Minnesota side. How much of this Minnesota starting lineup do you want to get to? You give me their big three. Uh, give me their yeah. big three. I, I, I like uh, their big three in significant fashion. Uh, it, honestly, if I were to rank it, we'd go Edwards, Cat, D'Angelo, Russell for me. Uh, I think on both sites. Actually, no. D'Angelo Russell looks phenomenal on FanDuel at $5,300. That price is uh, insane. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. I know his minutes are a little bit low, but damn, why is it? He's like, you can argue he's like $1,700 too cheap, uh, but <laughs> he looks great. Uh, the, the big three for Minnesota looks fantastic to me, and I really have trouble rostering anyone else consistently from this team in confidence. Like Pat Bav has come down to earth a little bit, but it's a Houston team where he can just light it up. Uh, he's cheap, 4600 on a Fandle where you get more points for steals. Uh, $4,900 in drafting is not as appealing. But the big three I, I like a lot. Can't really go to anyone else. Uh, I know there's Jared Vanderbilt there. He's 4100 If you fall on him, sure. But I'd rather just find the extra dollars to go up the top end on Fandle. Yeah. Um, on DK, sure. But I, the big three just look really, really good here. I do think it's interesting that Vanderbilt isn't pulling a ton of ownership. I think that could be in the largest field GPP contest Vanderbilt against Houston. Yeah. It's it's the thing that you said. Anything against Houston. Yeah. Yeah, Anything against Houston at this point. And yeah. And if you get like, I guess you can throw a flyer on Malik Beasley at $3,800. If you were to play just because the guy's just shooting really well from three all season long. Uh, They also paid him a lot of money where, there, it wouldn't shock me in the playoffs if they need scoring. They might just close with Beasley at times. Uh, I could happen with instead of uh, Patrick Beverly, but 
Malik Beasley uh, could get the job done against Houston in limited minutes for sure. Well, I'm with you. I love that big three. Uh, happy to take shots on Beverly or Vanderbilt as well. And if Beasley can be in, uh, you know, 3,800, not too crazy if they're going to try to get him a couple extra minutes. And they're still, they've still got a lot to play for. They have a 20% chance to finish outside, like above the play and into the sixth seed. So uh, that's a gigantic benefit for them. It takes a lot of uh, scariness out of it. But I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs basically no matter what, so long as they don't lose two play in games. They're, they're still going for this one. Houston, on the other hand, not quite playing for as much. Like I said, we're going to be, they're going to be without the, the normal three guys that have been out. But Shingun is back. 5,800 on FanDuel. Uh, stop me if you've heard this before. That's a pretty good price on FanDuel. 7K on DraftKings, I think still works. But I don't see any one individual on DK that jumps out at me for the Rockets. No, they have been priced aggressively. And I, it might only uh, interest might be Shingun at 7K. Uh, everyone else yeah. is priced appropriately. Like, look, now this is a what, 243 total. Uh, there are going to be some guys who pop off, but their price tags have put them in a sense where they're going to be a pretty low owned. So that makes it intriguing. Look, Kevin Porter Jr. is so expensive at 8,400, but Shingun being back in the mix, he's not that interesting. It just honestly might be Shingun on DK. Um, yeah, it's not that, it's not as appealing. Like, FanDuel, Shingun looks outstanding. Yeah. If you want to start there, I have no issues with starting with Shingun. Uh, Jay Sean Tate at 4,100. His minutes have been like uh, really tough to predict over the last, I want to say, six weeks. Not six weeks, a month or so. They, they're not as been as high as they once were to start off the season. Uh, but he's $4,100. And it's like Tater Vanderbilt is like a, a coin flip. I, I think it's like not that much different. Uh, they're at the same prices on FanDuel, but. I really like Shingun on FanDuel. Looking at Yahoo, I believe uh, Shingun's pretty nice as well at $21. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, Kevin Porter Jr. looks fine to go to. Jalen Green at 24, not too bad either. Jalen Green, 6,700 on FanDuel. If you're a believer in the increased minutes, he's played 39 on average over the last three games. Uh, that's a great price for someone that's been a fantasy point per minute guy over the past 30 days. Yeah, uh, I, I like Shingun. He's been playing a lot of minutes and that's the first way to get to get great uh, fantasy production. Anything else here for Houston? No, I, I, I do think um, just getting above the field on DK might pay off in a fashion because of this game total, but it's like, they're priced aggressive. So you're looking for like, obviously when you're trying to win tournaments, you're looking for like the ceiling performances, but there can be some guys who have some massive games in this game environment. Yeah. 243 is no joke. It's 20 full points more than the Phoenix Suns 14-point favorites in Oklahoma City. And this is why it gets ridiculous, because Phoenix is not at full strength. They're going to be without Devin Booker, Jay Crowder, and DeAndre Ayton, and they're still massive favorites over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Thunder, I mean, I guess they're at like, they're at half full strength for the guys that are still available. Um, no man, Baisley, Giddy, Jerome, SGA, Dort, Williams, Muscala, <laughs> favors. Q tag on Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, and Poku. So uh, best of luck to you figuring that shit out before lock. Um, who knows if we get that information. Let's start with Phoenix, though, where is the whole team playable? Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of these guys are playable. I love JaVale McGee. 
at that price tag, $3,800, $3,600. If JaVale McGee is going to get 30-plus minutes, he's going to just ball out against this team. He's just going to – he could put up 50 fantasy points and it wouldn't shock me at all on this slate. Now, with this being um, such a massive, massive spread, uh, I uh, – Chris Paul is 8,200, but he's just going to run the show. He might get there in two quarters. And we saw what, not to compare what Killian Hayes did to this team, but Killian Hayes was putting up monster numbers in like limited minutes. Chris Paul can do that in two quarters. He's 8,200. I don't think we need to be with the field here. Like, I get it. Like, guys like Torrey Craig and Landry Shammer are getting a ton of ownership, but. They can just be not. They could just be good and not great. They're great point per dollar value plays. So I'm seeing this ownership right now. The only guy who I honestly on DraftKings would be willing to get above the field on is probably Javale McGee, and it sounds ridiculous because he's the most uh, heavily owned. But I just think that upside of him just playing amazing is there. Uh, I might. What are, you, think what are your thoughts on Biombo then? Biombo is 12% owned in comparison to the 49 on McGee. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that Biombo is playing more minutes than JaVale McGee today. That's a good point. You bring up a good point there. And I, I, I'm going to tell you, Biombo is just one of those guys I hate rostering. He's like Kevon sure. Looney to me. He's, sure. just, uh, he's just like, I do not like rostering him. Uh, but Biombo has played well this year, whenever, like in terms of fantasy production this season. So, yeah. man. Uh, it's a tough thing. To, I'm trying to like forecast what the blowout team is going to look like because I have to against Oklahoma City. And I do expect if you were to play a 3K guy, I prefer Aaron Holiday to Landry Shamit, honestly. Okay. Uh, I think you're getting a massive discount, uh, but in ownership, I like Cam Johnson. Uh, I know he's coming back from injury, but Cam Johnson at 4,600 looks pretty solid. Uh, 5K on FanDuel, it's all right. It's tough. I'm, I'm, it's not that easy to figure out what that rotation is going to look like in the third quarter. And my first guess, if it's, I, we, I think we can both agree that Chris Ball is not going to be getting like full game run if this game is. No, I, I don't understand how he could possibly. If he plays more than 34 minutes, my mind would be blown. Yeah, if he's playing more than 34 minutes, he could put up like 60 fantasy points against yeah. this team. Uh, he shouldn't but, have to play in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he should. The game should be well out of hand. Uh, by the way, JaVale McGee in 14 starts this season, 21 minutes per game. Ooh, that's a good, good point. Still looks good in 21 minutes at 3,800. Let's be clear here. But that might be a little lofty for 49% ownership. And that's part of the reason that I think Biombo looks that interesting. If McGee has five times as much ownership as Bismack Biombo, Biombo yeah. is just a better play in a GPP because there's no guarantee in their minutes. True. I still think let's say if they both play 24, let's say both of there's a price difference, but I, I do think I think we both agree McGee's ceiling is much greater than Beyond's. Oh, massive. I mean, I've got JaVale as my in a baseline rate, 1.28 fantasy points per minute. I've got Biombo at 0.93. Like they're not even in the ball. If they're playing the same minutes, JaVale is projected for infinitely more fantasy points. No, that's that's a great point. Yeah, I'm going to see how high this ownership gets throughout the day. Uh, it's going to get high. It's for sure going to get high. People love rostering JaVale McGee, I feel like. But I, the, the, I think the key to this slate might be figuring out what second, are, what second or third sun really just pops off against Oklahoma City. 
And Tory Craig is one of those guys when he was popular, I just was like, yeah, he's all right. But damn, Tory Craig is like, I don't, I don't like playing a popular Tory Craig. No. Uh, I just don't. Uh, I, I like Cam Johnson, honestly. He might be the next son that I'm looking to go to. I think that's on DraftKings. Coming out of my sim, I had JaVale 25%, Biombo 12 and a half. And I think a two to one ratio of ownership would make a little bit more sense. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a little interested in Bismack Biombo today, which makes me feel awful. I'll tell you what, they're going to eat up that Oklahoma city front court. Oh yeah. You don't think Olivier Saar is going to slow him down? No, or whoever else is potentially available. So at, right now they have nine guys uh, with the two questionable guys. I didn't know Jalen Horde was even on the team, and then he just showed up uh, playing. He, uh, was the men on Friday, and he got ruled as a starter. And it's crazy how to see a guy like him at the men. His ownership was like north of thirty percent. That's just crazy to see how many people are like just using data nowadays. A guy who hasn't played a single minute in the NBA, I feel like this season, people are just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna play him," yeah. just because like forty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> What, what do you want to do with Oklahoma City here? Uh, it seems like Horde is the guy that everybody's going to from an ownership standpoint. I just don't have a feel for it. No, I, I, I don't think I'd play Jalen Horde today. I, I think... Did you see his ownership? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not playing a $4,700 Jalen Horde. I, I know he looks fine, yeah. but damn, that's a ton of ownership for a guy who might need to be back on the court with Pogoshevsky, uh and might not get those same amount of minutes, I don't think. but. Yeah, his ownership is insane. What that this is definitely, I don't think it was going to hold. No, I can't play him at this ownership. No way. Now, I mean, if, po- if Poku and uh, JRE end up out and they've got seven dudes or whatever, yeah, very then, different story at that point. Yeah, it's a, that's a much different story. Like, I, I don't think I can go to him at that ownership with Poku and there's, I, I, there's no way. I, I can't. I, it's really hard to stomach that. Do you want to go to anybody from Oklahoma City here? Um, like not on purpose, I'm guessing, but you know, no, clearly you're I, gonna have. I, some I really exposure. don't. These guys are like now finally for as shitty of a team they are. They are like priced appropriately on DraftKings on FanDuel. You can maybe play Pokusheski if you were to play at 6100, and maybe an Aaron Wiggins. But these guys, the minutes are also like. I think last game we just saw a random minutes just go everywhere. I think they were shorthanded. I. I I'm just, it's going to come down to the Pokusheski news. It's tough to yep. uh, look at this team uh, without knowing the status of Pokusheski and JRE. And then again, JRE is going to be limited as is. The coach yep. said he's not going to play more than 15 or 18 minutes for a minute. Keep your eyes peeled to that one. Make sure you're watching the deeper dive in live before lock later tonight so mm-hmm. that uh, you don't miss anything. Would now, you like Jalen Horde at that ownership with Poku in? No, if everybody's in, I think he looks, he's probably my biggest negative leverage play. Uh, he doesn't yeah. look good at all to me at that ownership and that price. Uh, yeah. If I like, I got him at 30 minutes right now, assuming we have all nine guys. If we lose another guy, we get him up to like 34. So it starts to look a little bit more realistic. I have him as a 0.9 fantasy point per minute guy in my model. So uh, every one of those minutes starts to matter. Awesomeo.com slash Yahoo dash promo, or just click the link in the description. Uh, Sign up at Yahoo. Who doesn't want to get one free month of Awesomeo Plus Platinum? Because if you don't have a Yahoo account and you sign up using that link, that's what you get. A free month of Awesomeo Plus Platinum and a little bit of a deposit bonus too, which is always nice. 
Yahoo will send us your name after you play in your first paid contest. We will then reach out to you with a coupon code to sign up. We've got excellent DFS tools and projections designed specifically for Yahoo on our back end that you guys can check out to try and win big. I don't play nearly enough at Yahoo and I really need to start prioritizing it. And I don't know why I don't, but I really need to prioritize it. So I, I, I love playing on Yahoo. I, I think yeah. it's, I, it's the uh, first site I actually felt like I got success at. Uh, when oh, nice. I, and that's because uh, at the time they didn't have like CSVN or so I would hand build like the 10 max lineups. They had no management fee for a while. Yeah. And it was uh, after like, two or three years of like, yeah, I was fine, like a casual, but I felt like, oh, wow. I'm like consistently over a long period of time was doing well. And that's the first side I had success. So I always recommend that everyone should play at Yahoo. You'll feel like not the necessarily now with CSVs uploading it, the competitions got much sharper, but at least if you can play the no veteran contest, as long as yeah. you can, uh, you should take advantage of that. And I think people uh, just, casual players in general i think they try to make the jump a little too fast and like avoid like forgetting that the best way to be profitable is you have competition it's peer-to-peer you want to play the easiest possible type of competition and yahoo has contests that makes it feasible and i i think people should be played there a lot i wish like i honestly think if people play there enough i hope they could become the third biggest but they they're not really competing with fandu and DraftKings in terms of dfs they're yeah. putting money into it but i For would sure. like them to, Take advantage uh, of that money they're putting into it too, everybody. That's the big piece. It's it's a good site. It's a it's a different puzzle. Uh, yeah, I like it. I have no issues there. Uh, I like playing there. Speaking of playing bad opponents, the Portland Trailblazers are fourteen and a half point underdogs in San Antonio. Two thirty total. I must point out once again that San Antonio is fixing to be the tenth seed in the West, and yet they're still fourteen. They're two touchdown favorites against Portland. Uh, we know what we're doing here for Portland. They've been running a very similar rotation basically every night. Uh, you don't know their names, but they do run a very similar rotation. Still no Justice Winslow, no Trendon Watford, no Josh Hart. Um, no priorities here for me. Uh, the prices on the guys that play a bunch of minutes have already started to rise. You know, like, does Brandon Williams look okay? Yeah, I guess. He's the only guy on FanDuel and DraftKings projected higher than 10% ownership. So it's hard for me to really pitch any specific guy from Portland. Do you see it differently? No, I think you nailed it. They've added bodies here too. Um, they've added guys like Didi Luzada, uh, Reggie Perry's in the mix now. So they're not as one shorthanded as, let's say, like last week, as they once were in the front court. They did lose uh, Trent and Watford, but they added some bodies to take care of it. Um, it's tough for me to go to a Eubanks, uh, that price tag, Greg Brown. I think you can play at power forward on FanDuel. I think you take some chances with him, Sure. but outside of that, another team that's kind of gross players, not the greatest fantasy production across the board. I wouldn't, I think, I don't think you're crazy to play Brandon Williams. I'm not going out of my way to do so. Uh, yeah. but it's just like a minutes play. You're just hoping that. He gets as many minutes and he just performs well. And performing well has been a question mark with this guy uh, <laughs> of late. So it's a uh, another team. Greg Brown on FanDuel, sure. Maybe Eubanks on DK. I, I might be willing to sprinkle in just because he has like a 40-point-plus upside. But with other bodies there, it's not as uh, not as nice as it once was. Like, let's say I think the game against Oklahoma City on Monday, that was nice. He just played so many minutes. It was plus also Oklahoma City. 
I think it's crazy that they're playing 10 guys right now and all 10 of them shouldn't be in an NBA rotation. All 10 of them shouldn't be in an NBA rotation. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and yeah, I, I don't think any of these like, guys should be in. The Spurs got rid of Drew Eubanks and then Toronto didn't keep him. So it's really hard to be like, well, Drew Eubanks was decent. And it's just like, now he's on his third team this season. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, this team... I, honestly, I, I thought Chris Dunn was a promising prospect coming out of school. He just could not figure out how to shoot the ball. If he shot the ball decently, he'd be in the league. Because I do think he's an above-average defender. Yeah, uh, he's great on the ball. Yeah, so if he can find a way to hit a three, he'll find himself on an NBA roster. But he can't. He just doesn't know how to hit a three. No, he does not. He And... I mean, he's not exactly youthful. He's 28. Like the the best years of his life are long gone from an NBA perspective. So uh, this is probably going to be it for Chris Dunn uh, because he's not exactly lighting the world on fire playing for Portland. And well, this is about as low of a bar to cross as you can possibly find. Do you think Antonio? Look, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Do you think? uh, I mean, obviously, like the trade in Detroit here, everything Jeremy Grant is going to be a blazer uh, come the summer, like. Everyone thinks he's like going to get traded there. Do you, I don't know why Portland would do that. I, apparently, like uh, they wanted there, like bad. Portland wants him bad. I don't know. They're going to pay Anthony Simons, pretty sure, uh, yeah. a ton of money, probably. I guess they'd be probably willing to trade that lottery pick or something. I don't know what. The, I don't know why would they trade that lottery pick for Jimmy Grant. I would be trading Dame if I were trading anything. If I were Portland. Just tear it down to the stuff. Getting Jeremy Grant, you're not winning an NBA title in Dame's career in Portland. Tear it down to the studs and start over. It's not worth it. Do not give up assets for Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant's already on another shitty team that isn't very good that doesn't need him. Like, it's not – we can see the blueprint. It's called Detroit. It's true. (sighs) He – I don't know. I'm curious what the Pistons will do with Grant. He's another interesting guy uh, this offseason. I think he's I actually wanted... like him to stay in Detroit. You know, like if they get another good pick, you get Cade, Bay, Grant, insert guy they draft here. Like that's not the worst core, but there's just, if you can get a first and a young player or something for Grant, it's just not worth it to keep him. Yeah. Well, Cade Cunningham is really, really, really good. He's going to be good. Uh, I think he's. Uh, how do you six dame to the lakers would be great get get rid of westbrook yeah i bet the lakers would love to do that as well i'm not entirely sure how you're going to be able to get work that one yeah he uh, might have to go back that, deal. <laughs> that is uh that that i mean i don't know what the blazers are going to do their front office is a mess as well for all things uh yeah i don't know man that, that team if they were in the East, if that Portland Blazers team was in the East, they would have made a lot more noise with a, a yeah. Damon CJ. They might yeah. crack a finals run out of it, but they just ran into the Warriors and they just ran into Warriors. It's not going to help. How do you feel about DeJounte Murray today? Because at 10 3 on FanDuel, I think he looks exceptional. And at 11 2 on DraftKings, I'm a little surprised that he's not more than 3% owned. Yeah, so this was really tilting the other night because this guy got uh, illness at 8 3 p.m. and he was ruled out. And this is after 95% of the slate lock and we couldn't play Trey Jones. It didn't matter because Robert Covington dropped 85 fantasy points, but it would have been nice to play Trey Jones at 3,200 against this Portland team. Uh, I love DeJounte Murray. This team's trying to win games, uh, I think, to be in the play-in game, even though they probably didn't expect to be there. 
But uh, DeJounte Murray, 11-2, looks outstanding. I think Jakob Pertl looks great as well. Uh, those two, for me, Kelvin Johnson's a little too expensive for my liking now with, uh, if DeJounte Murray were to go. But Murray, uh, I think Vassell, Devin Vassell, another guy I, I like a decent amount as well at $5,300 on FanDuel. But DeJounte Murray, uh, one of the nice spend-up options on the slate, and I have no issues if you want to get above the field on him. All righty. I don't really have much else to, to talk about from the San Antonio side, so we can move on to a game I want to see desperately in the playoffs, a game I don't really want to see all that much in the regular season. Miami at Toronto. Miami, three-and-a-half-point dogs, 214 total. That's uh, a lot of points less than the Minnesota-Houston game, 29, in fact. These are like two separate games altogether. But as we talk about the Miami side, they're at full strength. They've got everybody available. So I assume they're going for it in the normal way for Toronto, same situation. Only Malachi Flynn is questionable. So do you like getting to Miami here in what should be a really aggressive rock fight? It's going to be a very emotional game for Mr. Raptor as Kyle Lowry goes back to Toronto for the first yeah. time since he got traded. So uh, that's a huge, I mean, he's Mr. Raptor. Like there is yeah. uh, he's the greatest Raptor of all time. And He's probably going to get showered with like cheers, but that's like the storyline of the game. It's going to be an awesome, like, if you, like you said, I would love to see this team and like uh, team go head to head in the uh, playoffs, but looking at the Miami side of things, I'm going to have some interest in uh, Jimmy Butler on FanDuel. I like the Butler price tag on FanDuel a lot, $7,600. Yeah. Uh, I think he looks outstanding. Kyle Lowry, you can play at 6k if you are, if you're about the narrative, but Everything on uh, Miami, everyone just seems priced appropriately. Like Bam is eighty three hundred. I'm like okay with it. Not like it's not a priority by any means. And I just Jimmy Butler on Fanduel, and I don't have much interest in anyone else. It's just it's whenever Miami's on the slate, it's just like gross. I don't enjoy playing Miami outside of these low prices for Butler on Fanduel. Yeah, that's how I feel about them. And if you're targeting upside, Bam could get it done for sure, yeah. but. We haven't seen that as much of late uh, this season. He's been disappointing in terms of like uh, fantasy production. I feel like Bam, I felt like it was headed to that nine, nine, five uh, uh, pl- uh, player. But I think with Kyle Lowry in the mix, less playmaking, and that's probably affected him. But uh, that's really about it. I mean, Tyler Hero's not been playing as great fantasy production wise of late, but if you f- play him at 6,300, Okay, yeah, he can you get you 40? He can do it. I just don't know if it happens in this type of uh, game setting. I'm guessing we're on the same page for Toronto and was just like, all right, I'll play any one of the guys that start. <laughs> oh, yeah. The only uh, starter that I'm probably least interested in is probably the uh, elevated price tag of Scotty Barnes. I'd rather save 1400 and go to OG than Scotty. Sure. I do think they're a lot – they should be much more – Closer in price than they are. Like, because OG was hurt, but I do think their price, if over a long period of time, they should be a little bit more closer than that $1,400 difference. Yeah, Van Vliet, Siakam, they're just going to play all the minutes. And in terms of seeding, the Raptors have won five in a row, I believe. They are the sixth seed. Can they become the five or four? Uh, Yes. So they have a 1% chance of being the two seed, a 4% chance of being the three seed. So you don't really expect either of those, but 17 to the four. Interesting. They have the 40, uh, 48 to the five, 25 to the six. So they can, they can up move up and down for sure. 
I don't know who's unvaxxed in the East, but obviously uh, Kyrie Irving, but they Jaylen got Brown. that. <laughs> Apparently it's Jalen Brown. Oh, he's the Boston guy that they, it's, he's unvaxxed? What I've heard. Okay. Is, did Reddit leak that, or is that just like? I uh, heard it on a pod somewhere. Okay. It wouldn't shock. He's, he's talked. He's been like, you know, getting a vaccine is your personal choice type stuff. Which oh, he, he said like the Andrew Wiggins. He has not confirmed that he has been vaccinated and he talks like how it's not surprising that people don't get vaxxed. So, okay. Wow. And if yeah. they, Boston can, wow. Okay. Cause I mean, unvaxxed players cannot enter the country, right? In Toronto. I think that's the deal. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. But like, the- you know, Boston has a 31% chance to be the three seed. Toronto has a, yeah. 25% chance to be the six seed or, you know, four or five is certainly possible there too. Boston should not want Toronto. Oh, definitely not. When you don't get Jalen Brown coming your way. Yeah. I mean, you're going to like Toronto's chances without Jalen Brown. And I, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Toronto pulls off. I know Boston's been playing amazing, but Toronto has weirdly enough talent to kind of give them a good run in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in this team, I, I like the I like going to Van Vliet on FanDuel. Seventy four hundred dollars looks great to me. I know we haven't seen the upside game in a while, but I like my chances at that price tag. OG on FanDuel looks pretty solid. Gary Trent's cheap enough where you can take a flyer on FanDuel at fifty one hundred. Oh, these guys are priced much better on FanDuel than on DraftKings, just across the board. How do you feel about the Golden State Warriors six and a half point favorites in Sacramento with? Likely no Clay Thompson, no Otto Porter, no Andre Iguodala, potentially no Draymond Green. We shall see on all of that. How are you feeling about this Warriors team against the Sacramento team that also doesn't have their two best players, and they're not very good even when they do? I didn't know. Oh, these guys are all uh, been ruled uh, doubtful, right? Clay. I know Iguodala was resting. I didn't know Clay. Well, and Otto Porter. it's a back to back. These guys have not been playing back to backs. Um, you know, I, I don't expect to see Clay today on the back to back. He has sat every other back to back, to my knowledge. Otto Porter sat the last back to back on the 27th and 28th. Draymond also did. We'll see on that one. Igadala. I mean, I don't even know what they're doing with him at this point in time. He doesn't really matter much for this discussion. But yeah, I don't expect to see Clay. I don't expect to see Otto Porter. I don't really expect to see Draymond, but we shall see. I certainly expect to get a lot of uh, Jordan Poole. Yeah, Jordan Poole is someone you can go to. If you don't like Jordan Poole, I suggest rostering uh, Andrew Wiggins as a ghost yeah. I, I do think Wiggins is fine to play at that price tag. Uh, pretty epic comeback by them last night. I believe they had six threes to win the game in a row. Uh, Kaminga is someone you can definitely roster. Uh, I like uh, going to Kaminga. I will not be rostering Kevon Looney. I know people like rostering when this team is shorthanded. I will be uh, sh- staying away from him. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Gary Payton is someone you can uh, take some chances on, 3,900. Moses Moody might crack the starting. No, Moody hasn't been starting the lineup. But Moody is – I've been taking flyers with Moody uh, when the team has been shorthanded. I know he doesn't project that great, but uh, he's been getting some run down the stretch. Um uh, when the, when they do rest these guys. But Wiggins looks great on FanDuel. $5,400 looks pretty awesome. You can play him in pool. I know pool is priced up, but, man, pool has been playing exceptional basketball. I know – I don't know who's the most improved uh, player of the year award, but Jordan Poole deserves to be in the mix. I know he's getting more minutes. Sometimes you just get more minutes. People just give him the award, but he's played a lot much better of late. 
don't know who's in the lead for that award right now. Probably someone who doesn't deserve it, but I think it was DeJounte Murray for a little bit, but I, I thought Miles Bridges deserved to be in there and Garland, but uh oh, it's Morant. Okay, so he does deserve it for sure. Okay. I, I he you th- so did you believe do you believe in the John Morant postulate, like the Ewing theory, that they're just better without him? No, I don't. <laughs> they're 20 and 2 without him. I think they're just they're they're uniquely set up to not miss him, but I mean he's also been exceptional when he's been playing. That is true. He's they're just like being he's fine, right? That knee's not like going to be a concern in the playoffs, right? I I don't know uh, the way that he plays. It would concern me always. Oh, he's too erratic up in the air. Yeah, he's gonna if he doesn't control his he does do an excellent job of controlling, but some of these uh, high flying attempts he's gonna hurt himself bad one of these times. I feel like. Yeah, it's coming for sure. Keep your eyes peeled for the Golden State news, everybody. Uh, we got to get those guys all ruled out. But we, if we start lopping off Warriors, this one's going to look a lot better. And then we get to Sacramento, a team that is just absolutely dreadful. Uh, clearly no Fox, no Sabonis. Barnes and Lyles on FanDuel are north of 10% ownership. No one on the DraftKings side is north of 8%, which is Trey Lyles. Do you have any priorities here for Sacramento? priorities would be a strong word uh i don't mind if uh playing a 5200 trey lyles as just like yeah at that price like harrison barnes at 5100 on FanDuel can get it done but uh DraftKings they're all priced up to a point where we're kind of seeing guys like josh jackson enter the rotation and like they're like it wouldn't shock me if you see a mid-game tank at, at one point and just like they bench like harrison barnes in the middle of the game it, it's good it could happen. We saw DiVincenzo light it up last game, I believe. These guys are priced appropriately slash good. Um, I don't have much interest. I mean, Chimesi Matu played really well. Ooh. I just got a note. I, I want to read this out now. I apologize for cutting you off. This came in from the news god. The 10-day contracts for Chris Dunn and Drew Eubanks with the Portland Trailblazers expired today. Since there are fewer than 10 days left in the season, they cannot sign a 10-day deal. Oh, shit. That changes things. Uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, Reggie Perry just became one of the best plays of the day. <laughs> yeah, Reggie Perry, you can play Greg Brown. He, he's a little undersized big, but, um, yeah, Reggie Perry is going to start and play all the minutes he can handle, yep. I think. I'd assume so. Uh, no Chris Dunn means more potential minutes to a guy like Ben McLemore. Eli Hughes might crack the rotation, so will Didi Luzuda. None of them look appealing, but this is a huge bump to Reggie Perry to the point where I might prefer Reggie Perry to JaVale McGee just because of the minutes I think Perry's going to have to play. Uh, You're going to have to project Perry to uh, at least 33 minutes at the minimum, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, they have eight guys, as best I could tell. Yeah, uh, and Reggie Perry is a pretty solid uh, fantasy contributor when he's on the court, I want to say, so... Uh, I, I like Reggie Perry a lot. This is going to be a big bump uh, for Reggie Perry. So it wouldn't shock me if uh, Reggie Perry is probably one of the best plays on the slate now. Greg Brown, you can definitely fall on. Uh, this is uh, it, this is going to be interesting to do yeah. <laughs> building line of sight. But, yeah, Reggie Perry looks pretty awesome. So uh, shout out to News God for that. I did not. I guess he signed four. I didn't know you could even sign four 10-day contracts. I thought three was the max. I, I didn't know that you could either. So that's uh, that's going to be pretty interesting for the rest of today. 
Anyway, uh, back to Sacramento. Did, did you have anything else that you wanted to finish off on for the Kings? Um, no, uh, that's um, Reggie Perry looks better than all these guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no, Davion uh, Mitchell, just because the guy's just playing a shit ton of minutes, I think you can fall on. Uh, at $7,200 on FanDuel, that's fine to go to. Um, Brent Wilson said, Eubanks will get a two-way, Dunn might not. That's not how this works. Uh, they already have two guys on two-way, so they would have to convert Kelgin Blevins or Brandon Williams from their two-way to a real contract or <laughs> so that they could put Eubanks on a two-way. Uh, Chris Dunn's not taking a two-way. He's 28 years old. Um, but, yeah, they already have two guys on two ways. So they cannot sign someone to a two way without converting Blevins or Williams to a main contract. I don't even know if they have that ability right now. I don't really know. They're that they're over. They, so they would have to cut. They would have to cut someone else. And I don't think that they have anybody that's cuttable right now. So I don't think they would even want to make those guys full-time contract players, but nope. no, I think they just say we're going to play with eight for the next six days. Closing it out, final game of the day. New Orleans Pelicans, two and a half point dogs in LA against the LA Clippers. And everybody that's normally available for the Pels just appears to be ready for this one. Um, we finally got Brandon Ingram playing a little bit more. And then for the Clippers, Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, all off the injury report, which means they're going to be really difficult to talk about. Do you see anything good from the Pelicans here? Uh, outside of maybe a little bit of CJ on FanDuel at 8,100, I'm not terribly enamored with the Pelicans. I'm not either. And they're pretty much locked, not locked in. And they could fall to 10, right? If they can keep losing. Uh, let me look. But I, I do like CJ McCollum at $8,100. I think he's fine to go to. Uh, yeah, they, they could be the 10. Okay, they could be the 10. All right. 86% chance to be the 9. 12.5% chance to be the 10. Okay. Um, yeah, Brandon Ingram, you can play on DraftKings. It's just McCollum on Fando, maybe Ingram on DK. Valentinus is expensive, uh, very expensive, 8,600, uh, 8,300. Kind of expensive when McCollum and Ingram are back. No one else I have interest in. No, I can't really go to any of these guys. Um, yeah, I, I'll be shying away from most of the uh, rest of these guys. Uh, I think Ingram and McCollum seem like fine plays on their respective sites. On Yahoo, I think uh, Ingram looks pretty solid at 33, but he's um, getting some ownership there as well. Valanchunas sub $30 there. If you want to play Valanchunas, Yahoo is the site to do so. Absolutely. Uh, Steven Leibowitz, you only have to have eight active bodies. You don't have to have eight guys play. So if you start with eight guys and somebody gets hurt, you just keep playing with seven. You just have to, I mean, you don't even have to have five guys on the floor, but it's eight, act, eight people have to be active for the game. They don't have to participate. No, no, they don't. They could just play five guys, 48 minutes if they wanted to. Um, yep. They just need to, like, they, like, if they're short, like super short bodies, they could, like, sometimes we've seen emergency, like players, like they could like activate, make Josh Hart active, but he won't play type of situation. Right. That could definitely happen just to play the game. Uh, but this is very significant news. Like two guys who are uh, getting significant minutes on the team, especially Eubanks. Um, it's going to make Reggie Perry outstanding. Unless if there's some like weird news that comes out that they're able to play, which I don't expect to happen at this point. Final team to look at the LA Clippers. And if all of these guys are back one, 
I'm terrified of the Clippers. Two, I don't know who we can roster outside of Reggie Jackson, 6,100 on FanDuel, 6,300 on DraftKings, and does not appear to be hampered by a minutes limit any longer. No. Yeah, that was uh, bizarre. Maybe uh, I didn't go back and reread coaching uh, coach notes or anything. I wonder if Lou specified he's going to be limited until Red, uh, Paul George comes back. Maybe. Maybe, Reggie, maybe Reggie Jackson said, I just want to play uh, more that he's back. Yeah, I think you can play Reggie. Paul George isn't the craziest play if this guy's just trying to get his conditioning up. Uh, yeah. He'll be very low owned, very low on 9,900 on both sides. I believe Marcus Morris should be still, his minutes are still limited and no one else looks that appealing. Uh, I don't know. He played 39 minutes on the on March 31st. <laughs> Marcus Morris? Yeah. So did Reggie Jackson played four. Now they went to OT. So I, let's not just say that they were in 48 minutes, but it, it certainly showed that he could. Reggie Jackson played 40, so call it 35. Marcus Morris played 39, so call it 34. Batum played 38, so call it 33. George played 32. Oh, wow. So, I, I didn't so yeah, can he play more? Certainly did. <laughs> yeah, if he's going to play that many minutes. And these guys are pretty much locked up, right? Like, they're... Uh... Uh, Clippers, 39% chance at the 7 seed, 30% chance at the 8 seed. Um, and it, they are essentially locked into the eight, 99.2% chance of being the eight seed. So they are basically playing on the road for whatever the first play in game is against someone. Okay. Yeah, that's it, man. It's if these guys are going to play those type of uh, 30 plus minutes, you can definitely sprinkle some of these guys in, but know the risk that they could just get limited slash pulled. There's no reason, uh, to really play these guys. They aren't playing for much. Don't play Robert Covington. Uh, don't look at the no. box score. He's not going to play that many minutes. Got to hit on this super chat before we get out of here. Arca Thelza said, Ryan, any tips on how to approach the early two-gamer with the weird DK pricing? Have you even looked at it yet? Uh, weird DK pricing. I wonder what's weird about it. Let me uh, let me do a quick uh, run real quick. I, I, I'm assuming both Giannis and Luca are on that slate and people are having a little issue with that. Yeah. I mean... On short slates, I look at guys who can just get me the most points on their slate. What's weird about the pricing? I think pricing looks fine. Um, am I missing something? That pricing is not looking fine. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, and there, I guess, yeah, I think pricing looks fine. Uh, I guess the studs are priced up a little bit more than usual, maybe. But uh, yeah, I mean, keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, I mean, Giannis and Jason Tatum, I believe, are probable. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, looking at Boston taking on Washington looks pretty appealing. I mean, uh, it's a just look at the ownership. Uh, Marcus Smart's, Marcus Smart's getting a lot of ownership at $6,100. So uh, I don't mind pivoting to Jalen Brunson at uh, half the ownership, maybe. So, but it's like little things like that. Uh, just taking an eye on that. I think pricing looks fine. I don't think I don't see anything out of lack, do you? He said no value, which is kind of right. I don't see anybody oh, in the low good. threes. Like George Hill's 3,600. Wigington isn't going to play. Peyton Pritchard's 4,100. Like he becomes interesting. It's almost I impossible think... to like, there's just not a lot of value at the bottom. So I can kind of see it. I mean, I guess okay. you're going to like. Gotcha. I, I didn't look at the bottom, but I mean, I'm okay taking flyers on guys like Maxi Kleba, Dan Gafford, just because you need to spend down somewhere. Now, 
it's yeah that now i understand what he means by that uh i don't know if anyone else is supposed to get a ton of minutes uh sub 4k as crazy as that sounds you might be willing to take a chance on wesley matthews at like very low ownership just because he's gonna open things up on a two gamer uh for you to jam in luca and Giannis. anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here no, this was fun. Uh, this was fun. I, uh, this was fun to do another show with you, Josh, and uh, catching up on things outside of ZFS, just regular basketball as well. It's always fun to uh, talk about with you. But this is fun. I hope uh, everyone gets excited for Reggie Perry Day and uh, have a great uh, rest of your Sunday. There you go, everybody. Thank you for being here, and thank you to Yahoo for being the sponsor of this one. I appreciate you guys tremendously. Hit the like button on the way out the door. Give a shout-out to Jordan Klein producer extraordinaire behind the virtual glass. Happy to have him here on this Sunday morning. Good luck, everybody. Win some money. We're not back again tomorrow because there's no basketball.